You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. That was a great song selection. You know, with all the culture wars about gender and this and that and this and that, it comes down to hallelujah, Christ is risen. It really just comes down to that. If you make that the center point of the conversation, everything will feed off of that, and you really don't have to worry. And then you just have to talk about the goodness of God. I really appreciate that selection. I, I told Rick that that song, I will give you all my worship, they played that in my baptism. It's like all those emotions came back again. So, All right, today... We're going to talk about, about reading the Bible. So I'd like to pray first before we get started, and then we're going to go into a little thing, and then we'll have a short exercise. So this won't be real, real late night, unless we all stay real late. <laughs> all right. So, Lord, we're just going to give you thanks. We give you thanks that you receive our worship as your children, and that you look at us and you just smile. We just ask you, Lord, as we seek you, we come accustomed to your voice. We hear Dad from down the road, and he's just always coming closer and always coming closer. We thank you, Lord, that your son has just, it's just so overwhelming of what he's done, how he can change us and how he can bring us back to what his original intention was. So we just thank you, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, to make us exceptionally receptive to everything that you bring to us. Your word, whether it be written, whether it be in song, whether it be spoken, or whether to walk through the woods, and we hear your word singing in the trees, this movement of the wind through the leaves, we just hear you all the time. We just thank you, Lord, for all your ways of expressing yourself to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Well, I'm talking about here about reading the Bible. It sounds like, oh, gosh, he's gonna, he's, is he going to make me start reading the Bible? No. Most of us, read the, when we read anything, we're reading for information. Most of us read a manual. We want information. If we're reading even for for pleasure, I don't know, a mystery novel. We're trying to pick up clues. We're reading for information. Well, we do that partly with the Bible also. We want to know what he says. That he said he went from Jericho. We want to know where Jericho was, and we want to know what he says. But there's a whole lot more, because it's a living word. And so I want to talk about how we hear the heart of Jesus in his word. This, to me, is something real important. Any, most, I don't think anyone, well, Ada has. Most of you have not had, well, Jim has. Most of you have started in our, when I started in the, in the Bible study a long time ago, I was largely giving you information because I had not really understood how to hear God's heart in his word. And now I think my teaching has evolved into something a little different. A good example was last week's cl class. I read it the first time and went, uh-oh, this is going to be a real dud of a class. It was actually one of our better ones. 
And I saw, I, first I didn't see it. And so God wants to speak to you personally and otherwise. So when you think about it, I have an audience that's largely women. I just made a, I'm about to make a sports reference. But the NFL has a rule book. You kind of look at the Bible and you say, that's our rule book, right? And every single player in the NFL abides by the rule book. Doesn't matter whether they play on Monday night, Sunday afternoon, in London, doesn't where they play, the rule book stands. Four downs for 10 yards, that's a first down. Whatever the rule book says. But do you know, every team also has a playbook that's unique to that team. And they get in a huddle and they tell their play only to each other. That's kind of what I'm talking about is Jesus is telling us his playbook for us. It's unique. It's, it's our defensive system. Because there's, there's an enemy out there. You know, you've seen football. They weigh 300 pounds across the line and they hit like a ton of bricks and they're looking to knock your block off. How many of you have walked through life and somehow that sounds similar? But we've got a playbook. So that's what I'm talking about here. So what we're talking about here is how to do this. See, I knew Colts fans would love that. So, all right. Number one, number one, make a, before you start doing this, get into certain habits. Make a place ready. Now, that's going to be different for everybody to a certain degree. Like me, I got to have my coffee cup. So I usually do this in the morning. Even if I do it in the evening, I still got my coffee cup. <laughs> but, all right, you have your place ready. Because an experiment with some different environments, you're going to find out that some people can't stand any distractions at all. Some people will like a, say, like a candle and the light down a tiny, tiny bit. Some walk in nature and they'll have the verse written on a little card or a piece of paper or maybe they'll put it on on like a, a, a uh, what do you call it, your, your cell phone, and just have it being played back to you. And, but then get into that routine and make it regular. And that's important. Now, if it's gotta be a comfy chair, I mean, you're, you're getting real, real intentional. This is the spot where I'm, I'm gonna meet God. And so you're gonna take that approach to it. So if you're meeting with God, you're gonna get real good and comfy. So. And then look forward to meeting with God. And you say, well, of course I would. No, some days you won't. Because you're going to make this a part of your personal discipline. And some days, if, if yours is early in the morning and you're tired and you're like, I could sleep another half hour before I have to get up for work or whatever the time limit you give yourself, make it a discipline. Keep doing it. It just is amazing how this works. The more you do it. If you're riding your bike on a path, that's a good place too. See, it's, a, it's certain routines, all right? I, and the other thing about it is, be happy with doing nothing. That's hard. I am telling you, the first five times, ten times, might take you six weeks. Took me four. It, I couldn't just sit there, read something over again, slowly, word for word, over again, waiting, over, I'm like, 
uh, this is stupid. I look at the clock. I've been here three minutes. <laughs> what I came to learn is it takes me a minimum 10 minutes for the white noise to get out of my head. And that's when it starts to happen. So, you know, uh, it's so funny because many, many years ago, NBC, see, we're so used to TV now that when we used to watch sports, they never gave scores. They didn't have the scores running along the bottom. They would interrupt and tell you, oh, you just got on the thing of thing, so-and-so just scored, so now the score's there. Well, then NBC started having that thing where it had the scores. And they call it the 10-minute ticker. Every 10 minutes, we're going to give you the score. And I've, for some reason, that stuck in my head because when I got into car sales, I'd tell every salesperson, spend at least 10 minutes with your customer before you tell me you don't have anything. Because you're not, you haven't found out anything. And it stuck in my mind, that 10-minute ticker. Well, anyway, make a long story short, it takes 10 minutes before most of us can kind of connect with anything and allow it to happen. What you'll find out, though, is the more you start to do this, that time shrinks. Because in your preparation time, you're already filtering it all out. By, by the time you pour that cup of coffee, you can't wait to get in there and be alone. And that's an important thing, too. Those of you who have kids, grandkids, little ones that they have a name begins with a D that want to run everywhere, um, <laughs> try to make sure you have a place where you can get some uninterrupted time alone. And this is not a time, for me at least, that I, think it's good. I don't think this is a good time for spouses. Because this is really, really that, that level of privacy. So I go with that one. All right. Now, you've established a discipline. You got your, you've given yourself an appointment with God. Actually, it's an appointment for yourself. God's making the appointment with you. And you've got this discipline. Now, don't be discouraged if you miss it here or miss it there. Don't quit. Or as the Bible would say, do not... Not ever, never, ever quit. He says, I will never, ever leave you. So, all right. Now, here's what we do. You, you get to the passage you're going to. Now, here's the way it normally works for me, is I'm already looking at a, a, a section of the Bible, and some passage kind of slows me down, makes me think a bit. That becomes my passage. Because he's already kind of highlighted, hey, guess what, I got, I got something here for you. And... Read it slowly and read it out loud. You've got to read it out loud. It's a totally different experience when you read it out loud. You must read it out loud and do it several times. Read every word and be conscious of every single word, okay? Because this is not about the volume of reading you do, okay? It's not saying, oh, I spent three chapters of the Bible today. You know, give me my sainthood. This is a, this is, and it's not about information. It's about hearing a heart of God, all right? So th this is God's heart for you. This is God's secrets for you. This is what he's whispering in your ear. And so you want to take your time here, all right? The second thing, so that was number one, read slowly. Number two, now Rick's going to love this part, chase rabbit holes. Let it go. You're going to start to... What does that mean and where does that go? And you're going to find yourself wandering in your mind and elsewhere of where this passage is taking you. Now, be journaling, but writing. I've had times where I'm reading something else and it says, big tree. Okay, tree, right tree. You know, I don't know where it's all going to go. 
And, and, but let that flow go. This is really important. This is where you go with your impulse. You stick with it. You stick with a single word sometimes. You might just be going along and it just says, boom, whatever that word is. Blessed. 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 My blessed. And then you keep going. That, that one, that, that's happened to me before. That's the reason we did that one. All right. But this is really, really, this is where it starts getting exciting. This is where you're starting to connect. Don't rush it. Don't go, okay, God, what are you talking about? You know, let it go naturally. It's sort of like watching one of those English mystery movies, you know, and it's all going to figure, it all come together at the end. Let it all go, all right? And allow and seek emotion. Allow and seek emotion. Because you want to put down what you're feeling as much as what you're anything else. If you're starting to feel this welling up of, of sometimes it's peace, sometimes it's like, what is this? I'm just feeling this emotion. I don't even know how to describe it, but I'm feeling it right now. I'm getting a crazy emotion. You know, it, and that happens. Later, I, I sometimes can't define it. I just know something really big is happening inside of me, and I'll hear it, and I'll feel it, and I'm not sure what it is. Allow it. Keep going with it. And then what I do is I allow myself to see or imagine things, especially those of you who are visual that get pictures. Sometimes as that emotion comes, then it gets reflected in something that's visual. But take your time with that. Don't be in a rush. Once that starts happening, don't think, I should have an answer. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. This is not microwave. So we're going to do this. This is crockpot Christianity. So we're going to slow down, and we're going to let that kind of simmer a little bit. So, and boy, I can't tell you enough. Write it down. If you're doing a walk in the woods and this is going on, take your cell phone. They all have recording things. Record what you're thinking. Record what you're thinking. If you're using it like on a treadmill or on a bike or something like that, put your headphones on, hit your little speaker thing and talk. But don't miss out on that. You can transcribe it later. All right? Odd words and thoughts are normal. I'm just letting you know that. And unconnected words and thoughts are normal. Because what you're going to do, because I do this sometimes multiple days. And I'll go back with my notes and I'll go back to the same verses because if I don't have a, re I know I felt something but I didn't get a resolution. I keep going, I'll go back another day. I've been in some verses for an entire week and, and longer. I've told them in Bible study, this verse, I was on this verse, golly, for like two or three weeks. I couldn't get away from it. It just stays with you. And then I start using the concordance and finding what that word looks like in other places. And next thing you know, I've got this, you know, you know, sort of like a family tree thing growing out of what started is just a little verse. So yeah, let this be normal. And then read, now this is a good one. This is, this is probably the one that was my breakthrough. So I read in conversation with God. Read in conversation. Go ahead and say, Holy Spirit, what, 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 why, what do you want me to know? You're talking to me right now. Help me understand what you're saying. Two things are going to happen as you do this more and more and more. You'll come to know the voice of God. You will become his sheep. Because you'll start to recognize that voice. Then you'll hear it other places. You'll, you'll recognize the tenor, the emotion you have with his voice. You'll know when he's, he's talking to you. It's a whole different thing. I, I, I don't know how to fully describe this, but I can tell when I'm going down the street driving a car and have a thought in my mind, and it's like, that's a God thought. 
just because I can feel, there's a feeling I have when I think that. Well, anyway. See? I knew there's somebody who knew what I was talking about. The other part is, and maybe this is personal, make room for and allow for silliness and f actually kind of funny stuff. God cracks me up. He says, maybe it's just for me. He, see, I, I have a little sarcasm. It's probably a bad habit. And sometimes he returns that to me. And I'm like, oh, gosh, that was kind of stupid. And I went, no, it wasn't. He's like, yeah, it was. Anyway. <laughs> and, you know, another one that's really important, and, and this, is, this goes with everything we do when we get involved with Christ, expect something. And sometimes expect something more than you ever expected. Now, let's not fall in love with the, with the experience. Let's fall in love with the, with the relationship. But ex expect something to be with... So you're going to get a presence sometimes. It's so overwhelming, you're not going to know what's going to happen. And I've actually fallen into the Spirit more than once. My first time I ever fell into the Spirit, actually, was in Illinois, in the hotel room. After it was over... Very, very first time it ever happened to me. And I'm reading something, because I was actually getting prepared for the Bible study. So I'm in there reading something, and it's like God just hit me. And next thing I know, my laptop, is, I was on the bed, and I, my laptop's on the floor, and I'm like, what in the world happened here? And it didn't break, so I knew it was God. So, <laughs> and like I said, one sitting may not be enough. It may take more than one sitting. And boy, journaling is fundamentally important. Let me tell you why. What's something vague in your head? Oh, what have I got here? I got this. As soon as you write it down, it goes from theory to reality. And something, it's just a difference when you write it down. Because then you're, you, you start to articulate in real words and not just general thoughts. Have you ever thought about saying something to somebody, and then when you go to say it, it comes all out different? Part of that is because the way we articulate is different than the way we think. And when we articulate, it helps crystallize a lot of these things. So that journaling is really important, especially when you journal your emotions, because that's how sometimes there's more tears at the end of a pen than they are in your eyes. And so you can really let that go. And so um, I really think that's important. So we're going to try one ver I'm going to, here, I, I, I got copies of for everyone. See, I'm going to use a verse that almost everyone here already heard last Sunday. Those that were here last Sunday. So here's a, It was the end of the sermon. Remember that very, very last verse I used at the end of the sermon? Those that were here. It's from Hebrews 13. And just take your time and read this a couple of times. And we're going to read it out loud together first. Here, let's give you a few of these. I made 20 of them, so I think we got plenty. I did this instead of the overhead because if you want to make notes on it, circle something, you know, you can do that. If you need, need pens, most of these seats have pens. So this is Hebrews 13. And I can't remember the exact verses off the top of my head right now. It, it, didn't, it didn't print. Yeah, it is verse 20. Okay. Actually, Hebrews 13 didn't print. That part I remember. <laughs> This is near the conclusion of the entire book of Hebrews. Now, you're going to see a couple of phrases here, 
And, and, and this is Easter time, so it kind of brings in a whole lot of our, the, the whole reason why we're all about this. Okay. Now, may the God who brought us peace by raising, what's that? I would read it out loud, yes. Yes. Oh, I, I do kind of like large sentences at a time. If, if you want to break, I'll slow it down a little bit. Okay. Now. <laughs> now. May the, may the God who brought peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, so that he would be the great shepherd of his flock, and by the power of the blood of the eternal covenant. May he work perfection into every part of you, giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. And may he express through you all that is excellent and pleasing to him through your life union with Jesus the Anointed One, who is to receive all glory forever. Amen. There's a lot in there. Now, just take some time. And then as you come up with something, we want to just take a little, after you've taken some time, I'm going to write, give me a pen here. Now I'm going to say one thing I, I came up with just right away. For me, the first thing I saw was God, peace, Lord Jesus Christ. I, for me, that became the, the, the Trinity. The spirit of peace is what I felt through that. So I see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in this blessing. The triune God giving a blessing into us, what that message means. So I'm thinking now, when that happens, that picture of the love of the, tri tri of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit drawing us in now into that, into this prayer. And now it says, may. We're getting permission now to expect this. See how fast this stuff happens to you? Who else is getting something unique? There's no wrong answer, yeah. Yes. The peace belongs to us. Because he gave us the spirit when Christ rose. Beauty. And he's raised from the dead. The Father has raised him from the dead.
Now, how many of us know Romans, is it 10? If you believe that the Father raised, rose the Son, and you proclaim Jesus as your Lord with your mouth, you are saved. This is our, this, this is all, I mean, to me, this kind of like does so much. I, okay, we're getting excited now. <laughs> Maybe one of us is. <laughs> all right. So now, does anyone else get anything else? See now, you know how I love, I studied peace a lot, and peace is a big thing with me. We have two peace, kinds of peace. Peace with God, peace of God. And we, this initiates the peace with God, to, and now we're, lead, we're being led by a great shepherd. The shepherding gives us the peace of God. Yes. And not just, not just blood. Power tied to the, and it's dunamis. So we've got blood that has power. I, this to me is just sort of like, there's so much here, you could spend a long time. You can imagine reading this every day, at, sitting at a table and just reading and finding more and more. This, I, you know, that my sermon was on the covenant and what that eternal covenant was. And I'm saying, so now I've got to, the blood and the covenant. That has changed. And this, this got me about, I don't know, maybe six months ago. I can't get away from saying communion without the concept of the covenant. And I'm saying, do, do this in remembrance of me. That I'm seeing, I'm remembering all that Jesus did to release the covenant to us. I'm sitting there with that little cup. And I'm saying... The covenant of God is in the power of the blood that this represents. He called it the, the, the cup of the new covenant in some translations. I'm, so I'm just like, so we have a covenant relationship. That means, maybe just say, just use the word promises. So many people don't understand what covenant is. We're in a relationship of promise. Marriage is a covenant relationship. But this says it's eternal. This has replaced the old covenant because the old covenant had a time limit on it, had an expiration date. And it was the end times, which have now begun. So the new covenant is the, is the kingdom now covenant that has come in through the power of the blood. And so all this comes together. So we have peace in this covenant. We have God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He's shepherding us as a flock. Not one of us is alone, alone in this thing. We're together as a flock. It, if you eliminate the flock, you've eliminated the great promise of the covenant. Because it's a we. It's a we. Us brought us. It's a we thing. This is a plural thing. If you eliminate the, the we and the us, you've eliminated a, a lot of the covenant. Because if you do this in isolation, there's something that's not connecting. I mean, it just isn't. We can't be in isolation. It, it, I, I can't understand how that can be. I used to think that I can watch TV and watch my televangelist and I can do, be just fine without church. I don't need church. But I was gaining nothing. 
I got nothing. I got information. I could have got information from, I don't know, some, I can get information from rock and roll song if I want to. That's information. If I want to worry about my salvation, I can go to ACDC, Highway to Hell. I mean, when it really comes down to it, there's stupid things that we can do that get us out of community. So I, when I see that, that was one of the big things I saw with this one was community. That the very, very fact that Jesus is saying, we're all in this. I'm your shepherd, you're my flock. And he goes back to the, he immediately comes, when he rises from the dead, he starts gathering his flock again. He has to go all the way back to the lake because Peter's given up and he's fishing. Uh-oh, got to get a man in here again. Huddle up, guys. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you some more secrets. I'll send you the Holy Spirit. Okay, all right. To fulfill whose destiny? I have a destiny. My circle was into every part. The into. There's something being permeated into me. You know, we did this, the same kind of concept came to me when we were uh, last time we had our group dinner or lunch. And, the, and uh, we were talking about different things. And I talked about how the, that like the DNA of every cell, every single cell has a DNA. Now each part has a different function, but every single cell has a complete DNA. And that our DNA now, every single part, has been transformed. We're a new creation, we're new in Christ, and we have new DNA. And so as a body, we have some arms, we have some legs, we have some, some big mouths, and we have some, <laughs> but we have a whole variety of things and different functions. And it's because of that, you have a purpose. I look at destiny as more purpose. And God will fulfill his purpose in you. Now, your destiny maybe was plan A, but you chose plan B. Stumbled into double Z like I had. So, but he still has a destiny for you. And, uh, and now, I'm not going to go into the whole thing about election. Because it's at 8 o'clock. So, <laughs> and I don't fully understand that one. All right. So, what is the result of this? What's the result? I will start to, or all of us, because that you is a plural you. He may express through you all that is excellent and pleasing to him. So now we have to have, be expressing all that is pleasing to him. All that is pleasing to him. I'll bet one of those things that's pleasing to him is to fulfill the mission to evangelize. I bet one of the things that's, is our level of forgiveness. Love one another so that they know who, that they, you know, uh, John 13, I give you a new command, love one another. As I have loved you. You know, they never talk about that one. That's harder than the other one. If I have a, if I have a screwed up self-image, I can love you just like I love myself. That's, that, that may be dangerous. But if I love you, not like I love myself, but I love you like Jesus loves you, I mean, that's such a powerful thing. So that's part of what's pleasing. See how these rabbit holes go? What's pleasing, God? You can sit there and make a list. That might be all you do in one sitting. And pray for the Holy Spirit to, to move you. 
And you know, and, you'll, and, if, and if you go like the apostle said, oh, Lord, give me more faith, he'll say, you need more obedience. Remember that? Because <laughs> that's what happens. And the, the, the apostle said, give me more faith, and he goes immediately to a, par a parable about obedience. That's how you get your faith. So, and then life union with, with Jesus. Life union. Now, how long is our life? That's exactly right. May as well throw away the, you know, we can, we can do birthdays forever. Man, 1,255,000 candles. But of course, we'll be, we'll be a perfect health, so. <laughs> and then why is this all happening? Why is it all happening? The glory of God. The eternal glorification of God. We will be, you know, part of what Peter said, you've been given everything for life and living. We have everything we've been given so that we can be pleasing, so that God just gets excited about this. Remember when we talked about the, giving, the, the, the 70 going out, that other sermon of mine, and we talked about how Jesus was, and the, the word was, he was leaping and dancing, excited, when they came back. And I made the comment, sorry, and I, I quoted you. I said, I think of Anne, when she gets excited, and she just starts to bounce, and goes, come on, is, is anyone else seeing this? And wants to just run and jump. You know, Linda's the other one. You know, that's what Jesus does. So I, I have an opportunity now to please him because of all this. You know, the conversations that come up sometimes, and I, I'm just as bad as everybody else, all of a sudden someone will be talking about this thing about the, the culture wars, this thing about this in culture, this thing about that in culture, and I've, we, we saw a thing with Andy Stanley, but it's been something that's been on my mind for a long, long time. I've used his, his quote forever, is, you know, it all comes down to Jesus. He rose from the dead. And if some guy can predict his, his death and resurrection and pull it off, he's probably somebody to listen to. And that's an old Andy Stanley quote. It's a real old one. I've heard it many, many times, and I always listen to him, so I, I use it all the time. And when you, it gets to him, then everything that springs from that will be okay. So I'm not in the business of telling a drunk about his drinking problem, I got to tell him about Jesus. I don't need to tell someone who's, who's all screwed up about their sexuality, I got to tell them about Jesus. And if I get off the fringe and get into the middle, we can work out. And so that's what sometimes when you read, you start reading the heart of Jesus and you're hearing things and you're going like, you know what, you know, that's why I say about the dust, kicking off the dust of your feet until a bit, you're, you know, wow, you had your chance. Well, hold it. They went from door to door to door to door to door to door to door before they do that. So it's not, it's not a, we have these reactionary things. I just hope that all of us have a chance to really read. Who here this week has read something in the Bible you never heard of before? N yeah. Yeah. 
Because see, here's what happens is, when you're a new Christian, you're, exciting by, ex you're so excited by just the information. At least I was. I never read, the, I never read these things before I was a Christian. I went to church and, and, and they, you know, you read, this is the gospel, you stood up and you read it, this is the epistle, you read it, gave a short sermon. It was all, because when I went to church, it was all about communion. So I didn't really pay much attention to it. I had to worry about when to ring the bells. So I, but then it, things get deeper and deeper and deeper. So don't say information's not important. God's got some pretty important information to give you. Then go deeper. I'm going to give one last thing. Let's say that, that uh, I am some reason I'm in Europe. I'm going to be there for a year and son is going to be back at home. And I write her a letter. I'm going to tell her about what I'm doing. But there's something else in that letter that she feels. She hears my heart. She'll hear everything that I'm saying. I'll, if, I, if, I'm out, if I say we're working so hard, she'll, she'll feel my tiredness. If I say well, it's really pretty and we went fishing, and so she'll rem She's going to hear more than the information in that letter. And so that's what's happening is these love letters. These are letters from Paul to the Corinthians, from John. And, and really the Gospels are a love letter to us. And so we have to go for the heart along with the information. So I don't have anything else after that. I, I just, the only thing I want to suggest, though, is now you heard this good idea, and that was nice. Okay, thanks, Chuck. Now, let's prepare to do it. You, it'll change your life. I'm, I, I wish I could tell you how much it'll change your life, but it'll change your life. Your whole perception of everything will change. Those of us that are workers, it'll totally change how you approach work. I can't tell you enough how much this is going to change you if you do it with a daily thing like this. This is just so fundamentally d different. Talking to God every day in his word and then hearing his heart is, a, is such so dynamic. So, Lord, I'm just going to ask you as we close this today, touch every heart. Touch everyone today with a word. Let everyone take this short little passage of only a couple of verses and allow it to enrich us in the revelation of who you are and what you have for us and what you expect from us and what that covenant promise means. We just thank you, Jesus, for all your servants that have come before us, that have blaze the path so it's it helped us come to this place. And we just ask you, Lord, that we never fail to give you the gratitude and the thanks. That we never step away and say very nonchalantly, yeah, I'm saved. Yes, I'm a child of God. And let us always be bold and proud of that because of you because the love that you gave to us through the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension, and then the giving of the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. We just thank you immensely, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.